This is Ibrox. Good evening. Welcome to This is Ibrox, the preview podcast. We are here to bring you the latest news for the Lyon game. Then we will have a look ahead at the Motherwell game. Once we've done that, we're going to touch on a couple of topical issues. So we're going to look at the SPFL independent review that's been announced today. And we're also going to have a bit of a chat about vaccine passports. With me to do that, we have Andy and we have Dylan. Cheers for coming on, guys. So... First things first, the Leon game. We did cover this in the pod, um, the flagship pod that we just put out today. Um, there's been a few changes there. So firstly, we have now been made aware the Scottish government have given the exemptions to the South American players to play. Um, I don't know if this is a surprise or not, to be honest. I think, you know, there was maybe always the risk of it. I know initially we had the ones that were in the EPL and obviously the, the Brazilian FA, they invoked the clause that says they can ban players for the five days after a game if they refused to play. Um, FIFA then overturned that. So I suppose, firstly, Andy, do you think it's probably the right answer? Although it might not be great for us, you know, is it probably fair enough to let them play? Or I think so. I think so. I think it is fair enough to let them play. With what's going on in the world, um, nothing can be taken for granted when it comes to COVID yeah. rules and how quickly they can change. I think that's apparent um, with the government's performance last year. Um, they would say something on a Monday with a U-turn on a Thursday. Aye. I don't think you can be shocked. You can't pretend to be shocked. And on the whole, I do think it's it's probably fair enough. I really do. I really do. Um, albeit it could be to the detriment of Rangers. This is it, yeah. But I do, I do think it probably is the right, the right decision and not surprising, really, not surprising. Not surprising. I think as well, we probably have to, I know it's the sort of phrase that people don't like to hear, but we almost have to learn to live with it in a way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not going away anytime simple looks out. No, so, no. you know, we're going to have to kind of get on with that. Um, one of the things that we did touch on when we spoke about Leon on the flagship pod was the danger players for them. Now, I mean, there was a few mentioned. Um, Boomsong got a few, uh, not Boomsong, sorry. Uh, Boateng. Uh, Boateng, that's the one. Yeah, could you, glad you guys keep me right. Um, yeah, he, he got a mention, obviously a big name. But the sort of two primary ones that came up, I think, were probably Dembele, who most Rangers fans know pretty well, and Shakiri, who, you know, he's, he's had a career, I think everyone's aware who Shakiri is. Rumour has it they might not be available to play. How much of a boost do you think that could be for Rangers, Dylan? Yeah, massive, massive boost. Um, I think, as I said, Rangers fan, we get PTSD when I think about them barely. Um, I'll be, you know, if you've got um, the likes of Hollander or even Balakin compared to Bob Gear and Centro, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that he is like, a class player. You know, he's big like, moment to be on, uh, played for West Brom Madrid for a wee bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, he'd be a mess for anyone, really. 
Um, and in Europe Week, and again, Mr. Kiri, he's again had a real good career, uh, Champions League winner. Um, if you give him a set piece or any time on the ball, then he'll make something happen. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes me more confident going into Thursday night against them. Um, again, I think it'll still be a hard game because we are still a good team, and people argued some parts that they're a Champions League team, but um. Yeah, with those two players missing, it's not where you'd for us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think for me, obviously, you know, Dembele, we know all about him. And you can make the argument, you know, he was playing against Kiernan and Co. Um, I mean, the guy scored goals, you know, and yeah. he's done it elsewhere as well. You know, it's not like he'd only ever scored against us. I think for me, the bigger miss for them is probably going to be Shakiri for I really right Shakiri. Mm-hmm. Um I know he struggled at Liverpool but it's one of the top teams in the world isn't it you know and I mean some of the players they had available you can see why it was hard for him to make a breakthrough but as you say the guy's a Champions League winner um that's not by accident you know he's he's a decent player um I think hopefully I'm with you Dylan I think I'm a wee bit more confident now maybe going into the Leon game if they aren't available, but you know, we'll have to deal with what what comes at us, I guess. Um, okay, what's, so... what's quite, sorry, sorry, Dave. What's quite oh. important, I think, about this, but they, they two have been missing is if you look at the results previously, I think he's either got three and four or four and five, then barely. I'm not sure what the statistic it is, but they come on to a bit of form. So, not only are they not going to be there, it's going to disrupt the form that they've built over the last three or four games. I think that's very important, especially 50,000 folk. I, I can see it being quite a big deal and slightly more confident like yourselves. That's, um, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, um, you know, if if he's their form player and suddenly he's not available, you know, uh, yeah, here's hoping, here's hoping. Um, looking ahead at the Motherwell game then, Um Motherwell, they're one of these teams, you know. I have to admit, I'm sometimes guilty of dismissing them as hammer throwers. They've not had a bad start to the season, actually. They sat in fourth at the minute. They played five, won three, drawn one, and lost one. So basically, the only difference from our form is they've drawn one where we won. Other than that, they're keeping pace with us. Um, now, obviously, it's early days. You can't read too much into that, but it's still not a bad start. I don't think they're going to be pushovers. Um, looking at their away forms, so they've won one and drew one. They've scored three and conceded two. So I had a look at their danger players, and Tony Watt, by far, stands out as the man to watch. Um, scored four so far in all competitions and apparently going with 50% shot accuracy. So what? how do you see that game unfolding, Andy? Do you think it's going to be a bit of a challenge for us? Do you think we're going to roll them in the end? Where do you see it going? It's always tough. I'm a bit like yourself, Dave. I can be guilty of thinking hammer throws. They'll sit 10 men behind the ball. All I've really seen of them, I think they've won the last three, haven't they? They've yeah. won the last three. Um, I think they've only scored two goals less than us and conceded one more. I don't think it's, there's not much in it. There's I not don't much really is From what I've seen, albeit it was the Aberdeen highlights, as soon as they got the goal to go 1 0 up, it was very apparent that the back four became a back five or six every time Aberdeen pressed. And Aberdeen did press. 
And I thought to myself, that's they're just practicing for next Sunday because that's what we'll do at Ibrox. And I fully, I fully think they will do that. Um, with it being flag day and the players on the on the up, I do, I do expect to roll them. I really do, but no, it will not be easy. It never is. Last year proved it, and we don't have said the Ted this year to sort it out, do we? So, ah, this is it. Even if we'd had him on the bench to give him nightmares, it might have helped, you know. Well, that's but he came off the bench last year, didn't he? Aye, aye. He came yeah, off yeah. the bench. I came off the bench. Game. He seems to like scoring against Motherwell. We don't have him to rely on. I fully expect him to come and sit behind the ball as they did. Um, although I would be a bit disappointed if being a Motherwell fan if that was the case. With the start they've had, two goals uh, without return against Aberdeen, albeit at Fir Park. I'm not saying you're going to come to Ibrox and have a gung ho attitude. You wouldn't be wanting to watch them sit ten men behind the ball, no. gritty teeth, ninety minutes. You know. Um, no, and do you know what? I think what you mentioned as well there actually comes into it for me a bit as well. It's flag day. You know, we don't want a stadium full of Rangers fans on flag day, and we are trying to break down another stubborn no. defence. Yeah. Now, you know, like you say, Andy, they're not going to come and go crazy. But at the same no. time, you'd like to see them make a game of it, or at least I would. Um, Dylan, just looking at that, so having a look at Rangers' form at home, we've played 2-1-2, two, two. we've scored four and conceded none. Now, obviously Andy touched there on the sort of goals scored, goals conceded for them. Also the importance of the first goal. With us not conceding, do you think... Do you think they're going to sit for a draw? Or are they going to come at us a bit? Or what's what's your sort of take on it? Um, I think I think they might be similar to St. Johnson, where they'll hold back a bit and then hopefully hit us on the break. Um, I mean, they only work for St. Johnson at the weekend there. Um, so I wouldn't be disgraced with my role or like that. Again, maybe that's just my stereotype of them, that they're just mm. going to be eight men in the box at any given time when we're in the final third. So, yeah, I don't know what they expect. I mean, last weekend they got to know when they can Aberdeen, and that's a that's pretty big yeah. result, I thought, you know, it's, especially when people that Aberdeen do big things this year. So, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I thought Aberdeen had had a good start, but as you say, they, they put bed to them fairly quickly, didn't they? Yeah, so, um, yeah, they had a good start, and, as Andy said, the board is trying to look to capitalise on that and keep it going. So I think even if they get a draw at Ibrox, then that'll be a big result for them. So, Aye. yeah, I think the board is hold off and then probably try grab on a break. And I suppose, you know, again, just looking at the occasion as a whole rather than just the game, how important is it, do you think, Andy, that the team put on a real show for the fans, given that it's flagged there? Massively important. That comes into it, yeah. Yep, definitely. I think it will be. Yep. Um, I would like to think that the one of the last words out of Stephen Gerrard's mouth leaving the dressing room would be, "You can't let these down, these fans down on this day." Aye. Um Shouldn't need to hear it, but I'm sure he'll say it. Um, and I think the occasion, it won't get to them. It won't get to them. Believe it or not, we can play in front of crowds. <laughs> um, I know. I Who knew? Eh? That's been proven. That's been proven. Um, so no, I can see it being quite a big part of it. Um, and let's be honest, I mean, how many years have we all watched Rangers now? There's teams came to Ibrox, we've had to break them down for years and years and years, and we've managed it. Um, on the odd occasion, you don't manage it. That's understandable. 
um, it'll be completely different on Thursday night, I would assume. Um, however, no, I think they'll come and they'll sit in, try and beat us in the break. Although I don't think they, the Dutch boy up front, what's his name, signed them this year. Uh, Van... Um, Van Veen. Van Veen, that's exactly what um, I don't think he's quite got the pace of Michael O'Haller and anything like that, has he? He's not... He's not got that, so I, I don't know how successful that would be, but I think they will they'll come and sit in, but not the occasion, and their quality should shine through, I'd like to think. You would really hope so, wouldn't you? And again, you know, on that day, we've let's face it, we've all waited so bloody long for it to come. Um, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of emotion anyway, and hopefully they can feed off that a little bit. One of the things that I did wonder about, Dylan, was um, is Leon maybe good prep for this? We we spoke a bit on the flagship where, um, you know, and Andy just sort of touched on it there, but Leon's going to be a very different game. You know, we're not going to be trying to break down kind of two ranks of four or whatever. You know, they're, they are going to come at us and I think, you know, we're going to go back at them. Does that maybe set us up for really having a go at Motherwell? Because I don't think we've had a game like that so far, have we? Apart from maybe the Celtic game, but then we had an international break. Um, I can see why. I mean, we seem to always play our best football on a European stage. Um, not to say that we don't do it domestically, but I think you see with the players that they enjoy playing in Europe more because there's less of an expectation on them, um, especially against a team like Leon. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it would. I think, obviously, West we only got the likes of uh, Botang, um, Marshall um, at the back. So it'll be a good desk for them, really. Try to bring to the defence and then hopefully they can carry that on to Saturday against Marvel. Aye. Aye. It's sort of, you know, good form breeds confidence, doesn't it? Almost. Um, also, as well, do you think it helps that both games are at home? Because, you know, we haven't got a long European trek and then coming back trying to play, it is literally both games are Ibrox. Yeah. And they do massive games of that. I mean, as you say, as you say like, it'll be the first time that we've had a crowd at European game. Um, and what in the anyway, against like proper European side. And then, obviously, Saturday will be flag day. And again, I'll be quite emotional day for like all of us, I think, especially if we play that's long, so yeah, definitely a huge advantage for us. Um, we'll have to worry about traveling, even if we had to travel to France, ideally, it's not going to take us that long anyway. So, yeah, again, uh, yeah, you know, we've made Ibrox like a fortress over the past couple of years, so yes, yeah, a major advantage for us. Well, like I said, we haven't conceded yet at Ibrox. Um, all right, it's a uh far cry this season from maybe where we were last season but yeah at home still still to concede in the league anyway um, okay what do you think the Leon game will do to our lineup on the Sunday Andy what, what will it do in respect to yeah so um I mean, on the flagship, we spoke about this. Um, we spoke about the predicted team for the Leon game. And I think, to be honest, there was generally a consensus that it would be McGregor, Tav, Goldson, Balogun, Barisic, uh, mm-hmm. Kamara and Davis, Aribo, 
with then Roof, Morelos and Kent up front. Now, I mean, Leon's going to be a tough game. Do mm-hmm. you think? Do you think we're going to see a change in personnel? The Motherwell game. If that's, if that's the team. Is Golson definitely available to play on Thursday night? Do we know that yet? Uh, no, we don't. Um, right. Again, I think it was very much a kind of consensus thing that the fault I've is. Heard rumor that he might be back today was his last day of isolation. Yeah, Tuesday was his last day of isolation, and um, I think the thinking uh-huh. from all of us was that you know it might just be Gerard playing the cards close to the chest so that they don't know who they're going to be facing. In yes. the old mind games, um, but you know so that's, starting, that's starting eleven would do for both games. It would do for both games, in my opinion. Completely different tactics for both games. Oh, I. Um, there's nothing I love. I love European games at Ibrox when they, they attack you, which SPL teams generally don't. Which leave spaces for our creativity from Kent, from Roof, from Morelos. They get far more space. It's not. It's not so pedestrian, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Dave, it can be very pedestrian sometimes. It was noticeable. I thought in the first half against St. Johnson on Saturday, um, that from middle to front it can be too pedestrian. It can be too obvious, if you like. Yep. If you're breaking fast against a European team, it's not as obvious. It's more off the cuff, and that's where we tend to excel. Um, so, as much as there would be different tactics involved. I can see both the 11s. They, they, that would be that would suit me down to the ground for for both. The other one though is Hadji. Do we know anything I, about Hadji yet? I've no heard. Um, I know initially they were talking about five games. Then they said there'd been some sort of agreement where he was, and actually, you know, he might only miss one or two. I think that's mm-hmm. very much an unknown at the minute, and I've certainly not heard anything official on it. No, either of that. Um, I, I don't know. Hadji thrives in Europe, but then you know, Motherwell might be the sort of team that you need a Hadji to just kind of create that wee spark. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say. I mean, Dylan, do you think the players will be able to do both, all of them? I mean, obviously some. I um, do you think all of them will be ready for playing first Sunday? Um, I mean, they sort of got experience of doing so. Um, do I expect it to be the exact same lineup? Uh, I don't think so. I think just based on this season already, you can see, for example, the goalkeepers, Gerard switches a bit, um, switch a bit defence sometimes. So I'm not too convinced it'll be the same team. Um, I mean, the tactics will still. I mean, obviously, that will be different for each game because, as Andy says, on Thursday night, the European games will always get a space. So, probably that would suit more for Wexford Sakala, where he's able to get late yeah. behind the man. And hopefully, you can utilize that. Um, whereas, as a mother will, you have to try and like, break down like, the potential will block. Um, uh, so, yeah, be, again, you know, as I just said there, we've had about two, three years. Of this already, so I think, like, and by large, but most of the players are used to it, so um, it's just about trying to keep it up during the season is the important thing, yeah. Okay, so just real quick, then, um, we'll run through each line just to sort of see where we're at. Um, so goalkeeper Dylan, you're saying possibly McLaughlin, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with McLaughlin, I feel that. 
Alan McGregor's more probably more suited to like maybe the bigger things. Um because you know, like say we on um I would say that John Coppin's not good enough, but I just think with Gerard, he's probably keen just to try and keep uh, McGregor fresh for the big games. Yeah. And Andy, do you do you think it'll be McGregor or McLaughlin in goals on Sunday? Probably McLaughlin. Probably McLaughlin. Um, Dylan's right with the, with the changes we've seen so far. I can see that happening. It's very much and been I- managed this season, isn't he, McGregor? Where, you know, last season he played whenever he could. Um Okay, so looking at the defence, um, we'll come to you first, Andy. Who do you think? Uh, Taft, Goldson, Balogun, Borna. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Why not? Yep. Why not? Um, big fills out, isn't he? Um, Bassey. Aye. I like Bassey. Bassey too. I really, I really like as well, really, isn't he? I really like Bassey. Um, is he better than Borna? No. No, no, no. That's that's the thing as well. I was saying on the flagship, you know, it, I was really impressed with Bassi this season. I thought, you know, he'd done really well. He'd taken his chance when it was given to him. Um, but then, obviously, Barisic, you saw him in the old firm. Mm-hmm. There was heart. There was effort there. Okay. At times, he was maybe a wee bit shaky, but, you know, he stepped up when he needed to. And then over the international break, he seemed to have come back in a bit of form. Um, hard lines for Bassi, really hard lines, because he didn't really do much wrong. But, Neither. you know, um, as you say, Barisic is the better player, and I don't mm-hmm. think we can get past that. Um, yeah, Holander's out as well, so I think it's probably going to be, as you guys have said, I don't see there's much scope for change. The only one possibly would be Simpson for Balogun. Just, you know, I'm not sure if Balogun's capable of doing two games a week every week at the minute. Um, you know, we'll need to wait and see for that one. For Looking at the midfield, Dylan, who do you see starting on Sunday in the midfield? Um, I think, uh, again, Barney thinks it'll be, you know, Davis, Kamara and Aribo. But again, you know, you think there's how do you think maybe Davis could, you know, play one game after the other at his age? Um, again, last season he proved that, but maybe again, West, you know, Gerard with McGregor, maybe he wants to manage him more so that he can keep him fresh for better games. So uh, ideally, that would be my lineup, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like a Lundstrom maybe gets. Um, Going in, um, maybe either for probably for Davis Benson. Yeah, about yourself, Andy. I kind of agree with Dylan there. Um, although I think what he would do would be in that respect, if he was worried about Davis's age in two games so quickly, I think he would start Steve Davis with the intention of using Lundstrom or Arfield later on in the in the game. But I think he would start Steve Davis. I think Davis went on record last week and said he was worried uh, without playing football with the pandemic starting last season with the breakdown because he was so used to playing so much football. Nah. I don't think he's changed in that respect. I think he's still the same the same machine, if you like, and more of a worry if he was to stop and start than he would be to continue yeah. playing. Um, but he has a year older now, of course, so um, mm-hmm. wouldn't look at. But no, I think Davis, Kamara, and Aribo for me. Okay. Um, I'm struggling. If I'm being honest, I... 
I kind of agree with Dylan. I think we're probably going to see Lundstrom somewhere. Um, I suppose Davis, just because of his age, might be the obvious choice. But, you know, would you potentially maybe see him come in and place a Kamara? Possibly. Um, you know, Gerard does talk about rotating the squad, managing the squad. And I think, you know, Lundstrom was a silly boy in that European game. Um, there's no getting past it. But he served his time and, you know, he's had a few cameos since and I think he's looked quite good in those cameos. Don't get me wrong, he's frustrated me at times, but I I think sometimes maybe, you know, the fans have kind of, he's been the one they've picked that is going to be at fault and I don't think he's as bad as some people make out. I think he needed time. Um, yeah. I think from the cameos I've seen, he's starting to settle and... I hope he can be a player, um, but he is going to need minutes to do that. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him in against Motherwell, as you said, maybe in place of Davis. So looking at the forward line then, um, I think, again, the consensus on the flagship was Leon is likely to be Roof, uh, Roof, Alfie and Kent. Now, again, I think, we're maybe a wee bit up in the air here. Um, we don't really know who's going to be available. As you said, there's Haji. Um, not quite sure what the status is with Scott Wright either. Don't know when he's going to be available to play. I'd quite like to see Scott Wright getting a few more games. Um, potentially, this would be a good game. But again, it comes down to whether he's available. I actually think for this one that we're probably going to see the same front line unless Haji is fit and ready to play. So I think it'll either be Haji and Roof and then Alfie and Kent. Uh, what about yourself, Andy? Who, who are you expecting I, I, to see? I, I do agree with you on that one, Dave. And you're right, Motherwell at home screams Scott right to me. Um, but we don't know. We don't know yet and about a, that. Yeah. Haji as well, so probably right, Roof, Morelos and, and, and Kent. So Callum, maybe? I don't know. Um, I would probably stick with the three I said. Dolan? Um, I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, maybe Charlie starts to Callum Saturday night. Like, maybe just make use of maybe okay. his pushing base. Um, and then maybe on Sunday we'll see um, Haji, sorry, uh, Morelos, Kent, and Ruth. So I think um, it, like the wind, like the wind or something could go one of the ways there. Yeah, I have to admit, I um, think when we said it, I suspect he is going to play Ruth, Alfie, Kent, um, just because that seems when everything's available, that seems to be our go-to for these kind of games. But I would have loved to see Scott Wright, Kent supporting Morelos against Leon. They're going to come yeah. at us. There's going to be space. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just crying out for it. So, you know, potentially, I mean, Scala is another quick one. You might see that. I don't know. Um, I guess it's wait and see. But yeah, I think probably it's going to be Ruth Alfie, Kent in both games to start with. With, you know, like Sakala, maybe right if he is available coming on as a substitute okay time to put the hat on the bag score Dylan go uh, oh tough one um, it's going to be a tough match but I think um, 
this occasion and the fact that we're playing at home, I think we should be able to win this one. So um, I'll be happy with a 2 no win. Okay. Andy? I think the same. Um, they was, they was, they was set up to defend, which they always do. We'll break them down. Will we get two? Yes, we will concede two now. Okay. Um, I think for myself, I'm going to go 3 1 just because of the occasion. I think Watt might manage to get a goal. Um, he's been doing that this season, he's mm. been doing well. Um, I know, it, you know, Balogun is a hero at the minute because of the old firm, but he had had quite a shaky kind of run of games in central defence prior to that. So I think there's a chance they'll concede, but I think, I mean, if our forward players can't get up for flag day, then, you know, mm-hmm. we've got more issues than whether we score two or three, uh, let's mm-hmm. be honest. So I'm going to go 3-1 for me. So we've gone over the games. Um, next up on the list, it's quite an interesting one, actually. It's just been announced today there's going to be an independent review on the SPFL. Now, I'm sure a lot of listeners will remember those words quite uh, grudgingly after the fun and games we had between the SPFL and Rangers when the season was curtailed early. Um, Basically, I think for me, there was a shift in narrative when Rangers did that. Now, I mean, Andy, we spoke about this before and you said yourself, you know, the timing was iffy. Obviously, they were trying to give Celtic the lead, so there was almost an expectation that, you know, it was just Rangers throwing their teddies out the pram rather than serious stuff. Um, Then we saw a kind of flip in the narrative, and I think, to be honest, you know, it was almost like the media were expecting us to have Newt Doncaster in this dossier, you know. It it just became like it was going to be this big smoking gun. And Actually, that wasn't what Rangers were saying at all. There was no one massive issue that they were highlighting. It was the overall governance, um, the really, really, really poor kind of management of sponsorship opportunities, TV deals. And, you know, it was a whole catalogue of things. And, you know, nobody was interested. I, I get the reasons. You know, you said that yourself, Andy. I can see why. Um, however, today, Aberdeen, Dundee, Dundee United, Hearts and Hibs have all announced jointly that they are having an independent review in the SPFL. Now, it's going to be run by Del Watt, who did the review on the email scenario with Dundee. We'll not get into that. We'll waste too much time talking about um, you know, emails in the trash and whatnot. Um, they've described it as a strategic review with holistic approach or a primary focus on revenue streams. So, I mean, I think we've all seen money rules football. There's no getting past that. Um, you know, you look at the disparity between ourselves up here and like so the EPL, for example. And I mean, Rangers and Celtic for that matter, you know, they have massive worldwide followings, they're huge clubs, institutions. And then you have some team jumps up from the championship who, you know, maybe got a 30,000 stadium and can't even fill it. And I mean, these guys are minted, you know, they they can buy players, they can 
pay them obscene wages that we couldn't even imagine paying. Um, do you think this is beyond time, Dylan? Do you think, given how far we've lagged behind, that this is now more than ever needed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I say, you know, Rangers Celtic are, and the, or the, I mean, you could argue that we're the biggest clubs in anyone in the UK, um, all over the world. So, you know, I, I think for the game to improve, then the likes of Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts can need more access money, if that makes sense. Um, again, how they'll get that, I'm not too sure. Um, but, I mean, as we are discussing before we went on air, the fact that, you know, we've got a sponsorship deal um, in place, and if you compare that to, you know, countries like Sweden or other countries in Europe, then, yeah. you know, it was, it was a bales in comparison. Um I mean, yeah. So I think I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because obviously, um, lots of different people have lots of different opinions on ways to improve the game here. Whether it be um, a better sponsorship deal, whether it's a better distribution of wealth, whether it's adding more teams to the league, taking teams out of the league, uh, when winter football, uh, summer football, that type of thing. So yeah. very hard. But I think um, I think the thing that we can agree on is that it'd be quite nice to see maybe like our Scottish teams such as like the Hibs, Aberdeen, you know, Hearts and hopefully Dundee United uh, start to build their weight in Europe. Uh obviously they don't get Champions League football, but even if they do have a good showing in the the Europa Conference Week or maybe get to a group stage for the Europa League then that would do good things for Scottish football and then hopefully that would have it back on the national team. This is it. Um, just we mentioned that Sweden deal that we were talking about. That was a deal with Kindred, who own Unibet, and it was potentially a 12-year deal. Um, that was the option they had for it to run for $200 million. Just to put that into comparison, um, the current cinch deal, is five seasons at eight million, so I mean that's that's an absolutely incredible difference, and I mean it's not like you know it's it's the Swedish league. We're not talking about the EPL. We're not talking about France, Germany, Spain. You know these these guys have consistently been level or lower than us in the coefficient table. Um, so again, you know we're not talking national teams, but league coefficient wise. They're not a bigger sell than us. Um, for me, I totally take your point. I think there's an awful lot of ideas out there, and you know you can argue both sides of it. But I think for me, more than anything, what stands out is we're not being sold right. Um, hmm. You know, Scottish football, and all right, you can talk about hammer throwers, pub leagues, all this stuff, but Scottish football is actually a bloody passionate kind of environment useful, to, to yeah. the extent that you just don't see in other leagues you know it's far more sanitized bar someone on the wind up can you imagine a half and half scarf where rangers and Celtic side on it 
I mean, it would just be unheard of, and yet you see it all the time down there. So there's a product there. It's just, for me, I mean, all right, look at the cinch deal, for example. Doncaster had to pay someone £500,000 to go and find that for him. What's, what's he doing? You know, is that not his job, Andy? Do you not think, I mean, where is he going strong here? The SPFL is a sponsor, a sponsor's wet dream. This is becoming an offer more than we're, we're getting. Are we the same as Sweden? Similar size, better standard, I would argue. Not only that, we have four games of the biggest derby in Europe. Yep. That should that should be enough to dictate far more than eight million over five years. It, it can only it can only be mismanagement to get these deals. It can only be mismanagement. So if this independent review can get anywhere near sorting that out, then it's got to be a good thing in my opinion. Um, We'll go back to what you said a minute ago about um, when we all tried to get it last year. Different timing. You were right, Dave, a completely different timing. And you've got to remember as well, it was in the smaller club's interest financially to get the season over and done with. Whether that was true or not, or official or not, I don't know. Um, but the, the chance was there for that to happen, and they wouldn't let that go. Um, oh, but no, when it comes to eight million over five years, I didn't realise Sweden, 200 million over 12. Possible 12. Aye. Mm, that's Aye. Frightening. Frighteningly Aye. different. I mean, um, how, just but, how, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was in dollars. Um, I did the conversion. I think it works out to 146 million rounded up. Still. Still. still you know. We made that supposed to football, you know. Can you imagine? And the thing oh, is, as well, I think for me, we're almost at that danger point in the coefficient table now. Um, so. Obviously, the way it's worked out is, you know, you get a point per game, you win, or half a point for drawing. But then it's divided by the amount of teams that you have in it. So the better mm. we do, the more teams we get in, but then these teams are just getting papped out before they even get to the group stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you mm. took that sort of money and, you know, even if you split that equally among every SPFL team, can you imagine the difference that would make? Mm. Um you know, it, players they could sign, wages they could pay, and it would be sustainable because it's on a proper laid out sponsorship contract. None of this, you know, again, the reason I've got the Sweden data is because I started writing an article that I haven't finished on it. But, um, you know, Cinch pay Tottenham 10 million for a sleeve sponsorship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Annually. The SPFL. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, apparently so. The SPFL signed this deal after making a big thing about how they were, you know, there to represent the member clubs and that was their only function. They went and signed this without even consulting with the member clubs. Because otherwise, someone would have said, well, hang on a minute, you can't do that. That's, that is literally the dispute between Rangers and the SPFL over the cinch deal. It's the fact that it conflicts with an existing arrangement that they had. So they've gone ahead, they've signed this, they haven't spoken to any of us. It's just baffling. I mean, one of the things it does say, so alongside, obviously, the financial streams coming into the game, they're also talking about um, governance and management structure. Now, I don't know. To be honest, for me, and... I mean, Andy, I'll come at you in a second just to see if you agree or disagree. But for me, if that review doesn't say Doncaster's not pulling his weight, 
it's probably not worth the paper it's going to be written on. Yeah, I totally agree. It's got to say that any independent review, um, after the things we just spoke about, if there's not problems found there, then you're right, it's just lip service and uh, an absolute yeah. nonsense. And yeah. I, fear that, I fear that's what it's going to be. You know that, Dave? I fear it's going to be that because we're so used to it. Aye. Sadly, I know where you're coming from. I really hope not. Um, one of the things that I, I would like to see, and again, they probably won't because it's us, um, but look at the difference Bisgrove's made since he came into Rangers, yeah? Yeah. He bought or he arranged with the SPFL to take the TV rights to sell them in India. Why, why wasn't the SPFL doing that? <laughs> you know, um, you look at the commercial partners that Rangers had. It's a tiny, tiny list. He came on. Now it's huge. Now, I know people have their views on that. I know, you know, a partner for every occasion and all the rest of it. Modern football dictates. We need that money coming in. He's gone and done it. Now, this is a guy that was working for UEFA before he came to us. You know, he's a serious professional. He knows what he's talking about. With that is what we need in the SPFL for me, Dylan. It, mm-hmm. I mean, do you do you put do you put that role out to tender? Do you kind of go looking? Do you headhunt someone? What? Where would you go from there? Because I mean. I think most Rangers fans, in fact, I think most SPFL fans will agree Doncaster isn't the answer. What is the answer, do you think? Well, that's, that's like a million uh, quick question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Slums, I, mean, I don't say Bisgrove. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as you said, we've got like a really past fan base, you know, not just for old from in Scottish football in general. I mean, uh, it doesn't even look like someone to fall on that. Some of the lower league clubs can get sometimes, you know. Um, you know, we do, we do, like, undersell it for some reason. And if you compare, you know, our fan base to the likes of England or, you know, even across Central Europe, then, yeah, you know, I think we're probably, like, amongst best, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, I think what Pesco's done is that he's kind of helped modernise Rangers. Kind of helped to, you know, even look at, like, you know, even across, like, social media, you know, the deals that were happening, um, you know, yeah, we, we can't maybe take the back of it sometimes, you know, like, you know, the Bitcoins and all that, but, Aye. you know, it's the thing you have to do. I mean, you even looked at England, for example, I mean, I think um, yeah. a couple of seasons ago or a few seasons ago, like, I think everything had, like, Angry Birds on our sleeves or... That's right, like yeah, 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 I remember that. So, yeah. um, this way football uh, bones, so I think... Um, was it Everton that had it? Because it was Rooney that had it, wasn't it? Because there was a joke about his wife and then... So he had Angry Birds on his sleeve. Yeah, I remember that. That's, yeah, so, but I mean, that's that's what you have to do these days, you know. I mean, the culture's changing. Like, yeah, even like most football clubs now have like a TikTok channel, you know. Jesus, it's just the way it is now. So, um, so I think we all agree that Neil Doncaster just isn't fit for a job. I think um, I don't think I've ever heard like a good thing said about him. Uh, no. Uh, at least in the last few years, anyway, I could be wrong. But uh, well, I kind of like from when I was like looking in, boy, this is someone that is well just like modernize, like help to like modernize the league. because um, I just feel like sometimes Scottish will can see as if it's stuck in like the dark ages, or yeah. it's still kind of yeah. stuck in like the nineties mindset. You know, the problem for me, I think, is it's it's so obvious. 
how they need to proceed because all right you, you can talk about a lack of quality at times i mean there's bloody twitter channel that kind of shows scottish football gaffes and whatnot not being funny how many of the players in england are english you know they've bought those players in because they have the money to do so so if they could actually get us sorted with a good you know sponsorship deal a good tv deal the club starts seeing more money they're going to buy better players the product's going to improve which means it's easier to market and you can sell it for more yeah like you say i think it's so obvious to everyone outside of that kind of management group of the SPFL. Um, just real quick, Andy, I just wanted to touch on one more thing on this just before we move on. The clubs that have paid for it, the clubs that have announced it, old firm, is that a good thing, do you think? I think so. I think so. It stops any gossip, for want of a better word. Aye. Um, it's probably you know, a damn good way of describing it, to uh, be fair. Gossip and rumour mills um, stops all that kind of thing happening. Um, Rangers and Celtic would do well to sit back and see what happens here. They would do well to do that. Um, as I say, I've, I've not got massive confidence over this helping at all, Dave. I've got not, no massive confidence over Scotland, Scotland sold ourselves shots for years. For years and years and years. And that includes selling players to down south. Only until the last number of years when Celtic started demanding certain amounts of money for their players going south. I think we've always sold our step shot. Look at St. Johnson, you know. Look how yeah. cheap they sold they two for. Exactly, exactly. That was a- no, I wouldn't say that's value for those players. I mean, all right, they're not no. 10 million players, but the name less than a million yeah. either. It's- yeah, we've got 5 million, yeah. Aye, aye, mm-hmm. aye. Um, no, having, no, having no old film involved in this, I think my, it's a good thing. My only hope, and I totally take your point, and part of me does worry that that is going to be the outcome. You know, it's going to be a lip service type idea. My only hope is at least three of these clubs, Aberdeen, Hibs and Hearts. I mean, Dundee United have been down a while, but, you know, potentially you could lump them in as well. These clubs surely, a God, want to get better. And the only way they're going to get better is getting better players. The only way they're going to do that is improving all this. So... Hopefully, self-interest takes over and they actually do put something proper into it. Um, just to finish up, then I want to have a quick talk. There's not going to be masses about this, for the simple fact that none of us actually have masses information at this time. Vaccine passports—they're um, coming. All accounts sounds like that's pretty much decided. Although I don't think anyone can tell us kind of how it's going to come in or what form it's going to take. First things first, um, just real quick, good or bad idea, Andy? Bad. Uh, vaccine passports on the whole, sorry? Do you mean vaccine passports on the whole or just a Yes, vaccine passports on the whole. Oh, God. Um, I suppose not the best idea on the planet, not the best idea on the planet. There's got to be something done to try and stop the spread. And I've been a great believer in following the rules all through this pandemic. Aye. I, I've, I've disagreed with some of them, I've agreed with most of them. I kind of disagree with this, especially when it comes to football. Um, I think it's unpoliceable if there is such a lump. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. What about yourself, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not too sure about myself, to be honest. Um, I think um, I was, not to say I'm all for it, but I think um, I was more for it than against it. But then, you know, I kind of point out rightly to me that 
even if you've got the double vaccination, you know, if you've got the proof, you can still like you, you, know, you can still carry COVID. You know, it's not it's not foolproof that way. So, 100%. and then again, you know, what's your alternative to that? Do you just rely everyone to like take a test beforehand, and then obviously there's a whole question of viral flow tests. Are they are they accurate? Have they taken it properly? Uh, do people have money to pay for a PCR test? That type of thing. So it's I, I don't it's quite hard. I don't even think like the football clubs themselves or like not even football clubs, but even this week music venues and they cut they don't even know what's gonna happen with it. So I think it's all in limbo and we're just kinda just hoping that it doesn't really affect us all too much, but that's we it. Just need to that's it. I think for me, um I don't think they're the answer. Um I can see why they're doing it. I think a lot of it isn't actually anything to do with football or nightclubs or anything else. It's purely about, you know, almost twisting people's arms to go and get them. But like you say, you know, you, just because you've had two jabs doesn't make you not be a carrier. It doesn't mean you're not infected with it. Um, there seems to be various things coming up. So if you've had one or both of your jabs outside the UK... You're not going to be el- uh, sorry outside of Scotland. You're not going to be eligible. So if you were double jabbed in England, tough luck. You know you can't come in. And I think Andy's all right. Might be a made up word, but I think it sums it up perfectly. Unpoliceable. Um, mm-hmm. You know how how do you do that? The government aren't really being very forthcoming in how they expect this to be implemented. Just that they expect to see vaccine passports. The JRG, I mean, they've they've openly said they're against it, but if they're going to have to do it, they've been left to implement it. How how do you implement something that you're not even really wanting to see? You know, is is that even possible? But Andy, do you think do you think this is possible? I don't think it's possible to police fifty thousand football fans about a vaccine passport. I've read earlier on, um, they're discussing spot checks. That's the only way it can be. It's the only way it can be. But then how how thorough is that going to be? If you spot check 150 people out of 50,000, and you can't do it, is it worth it financially? It's like one of these samples, isn't it, where they they survey a thousand people and then tell us how the population's going to vote in a general election or something. Exactly. Um, I just don't see it making much of a difference. I totally agree with you, Dave. This is to twist your this is to twist late teenagers, early twenties to get their job. That's that's all it is. If you want to go to your nightclub and go in the go in the skate for a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, get jagged. That's all Aye. it is. That's it. Dylan, I suppose the other thing um you know Andy mentioned there the spot checks. And yeah, you know, the, there's definitely a question about how can I, how seriously you can take whatever comes from that given potentially small sample size. I suppose the other thing that we need to consider is um, how do you pick those that are spot-checked? Do you then open yourself up for, you know, allegations of discrimination and whatnot, do you think? Because, you know, let's face it, are you going to spot-check the wee old granny that, you know, pretty much guaranteed to have had both jobs, or are you going to spot-check the sort of person Andy's just described, you know, late teenagers, young 20s, kind of had a few bevies. Where do you go from that? You know, how how do you kind of pick and choose? 
put a stop check in this case we pick in like a few people just to see if they have the vaccine passport or is that my understanding of it, sorry? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're gonna spot check, I don't know, say two hundred, how'd you pick those two hundred? Where do yeah. you see issues with that? Yeah, definitely. And then again I could open them up for, you know, possible, you know, discrimination, um, feeling that you're just being picked on. Uh yeah. Yeah, I just I, I really don't know how it's gonna happen unless they just advise everyone to come to the stadium as early as possible, just to ensure less disruption, but then again, how realistic is that going to be, especially when you have Aye. people that are in the way to Loudon Tavern like five minutes before the game actually starts, you know? Um, <laughs> yep. So, um, uh, it's, again, it's just, uh, it's just one of the things that you just have to see how it all pans out, but I'm not, I'm, let's just say I'm not really confident that it's going to be Still, proof of perfect. I think um, the first few weeks, or a couple months, will just be, you know, uh, it'll be a hassle. We'll be kind of like growing pains, really trying to get in control of it. But hopefully, after that, then it should be seamless. And hopefully, by that time, most of my old people probably would have their vaccine by then anyway. But uh-huh. again, I'm not too sure. I think as well, you know, you're talking about that kind of period where, you know, that bedding-in period, if you will, um, that potentially is going to be an issue when you factor in already that we've had ticketing issues, pretty well-documented ticketing issues. Um, I worry how you then add a vaccine passport to that mix and, you know, potentially what sort of damage that's going to cause to people actually just getting into the game. Um, do you do you think the two will go hand in hand, Andy? Do you think potentially we are going to see those issues reoccur when this comes in? Or Yes, I think um, I think they will. But Dylan mentioned there, you maybe need to get to the stadium early enough. I was going to go and start the car for Thursday. <laughs> that's, how long, that's, that's how long it's going to take, especially if we have the Rangers ticket office. To sort out the vaccine passports. If they want to check everybody going through that gate, it can't be done. It cannot be done. The only thing I wonder is if this, and I mean, again, this potentially disenfranchises sort of certain section of the support, but, you know, is there some sort of way that you could update it to a portal? You know, the club set up, you sign in and manage your ticket and stuff, you know, is there something in there you could add your vaccine passport to? But, then that's a whole different argument. I think about you know the older generation don't use the internet. You know, are they uh, what are they going to do? Um, yeah, I think I don't know. For me, I think it's definitely one to watch. Um, I'm quite worried how they're going to bring that in. I think we need some real firm guidance pretty damn quick because mm. let's be honest, it's approaching fast. Um, you know, the club are going to need time to set this up. I reckon so. Yeah, it's a watching brief, isn't it? Okay, so that's everything that I wanted to get through tonight. Um, not much more to say beyond hopefully we stuff Leon and Motherwell and have a good flag day. Thanks very much for listening, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye bye. Hey.